Hello and welcome back to the A3 Footy Podcast. My name is Alex Catalano. Today, Alex Miller, we are kicking off our season reviews. First up, we've got St Kilda. Oh, the annual A3 reviews. We love it, Cat. And uh, yeah, lots to get stuck into for a team that... Had a very interesting season. I'd say disappointed by what was expected and mm. some big changes coming in the last couple of weeks. And, yeah, keen to see how we've assessed them this year. Very, very big changes coming. Doc, a season of two halves, really. They started brilliantly, the Saints, and then second half of the year, it was like watching a different team. Yeah, look, it's interesting. Um, it's interesting to see how you, how you boys dissect and killed his year because I think they, they are an absolute disgrace. <laughs> Well, that's and, I, and, I, and I'm not saying that because I'm a dog sport and I hate the Saints. I'm 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 just telling I am telling you as a overall purveyor of football, this team could not be in any more of worst shape right now. Like how, like, like how, how how can how can how can you honestly say that 99 days ago you give Ratten a two year extension, mm. and and then you say that no nah, that's it. Off field, it's obviously yeah. That is no good. Jeff Walsh loves to sack people. They looked at Essendon, they looked at North Melbourne, they looked at Hawthorne, and they said, well, hang on, we can do better. <laughs> it's actually, it has been a competition of her. Je- Je- Jeff Walsh bloody ruining teams, is he? <laughs> it's been absolute, yeah, who can shit the bed better in the off-season. Je- Jeff um, Walsh demolition co. I think we'll get to that when we get to the sort of looking ahead to next season, but we like to start with the positives here, boys, and like we said, it was a really positive start for yeah. the Saints. In 2022, uh, the first 11 rounds, Miller, they went eight and three. They were knocking on the door of the top four. They were in the top four for a good part of the first half of the season. They looked likely to be playing finals and playing some of their best footy under wraps. You'd say that was the best part of their year, without a doubt. Absolutely. I think that, you know, especially it was really interesting seeing from round one where they got beaten by Collingwood. Everyone thought that was it. But they came back and responded well the Saints through that period. They beat Richmond, you know, by 33. They also beat the Dockers on their home deck, um, smacked Hawthorne, beat Gold Coast, who were travelling all right at the time. And um, they actually had a really good start here. They also beat Geelong, um, sort of at the midway point just before the bye. So... They had a pretty good first half of the year. I think some things that were positive is Jay, you know, Gresham getting back. Doc, a guy that's highly rated and good to see him back on the field and just playing good footy as well. Yeah, absolutely. And you, you mentioned the first half of the year. I think that five-game stretch they had from two to round two to round six, some that was probably some of their – that was their best football mm. because they – look, no one expected to go over there to Perth and, and beat Frio. Um, I thought the way they played after halftime against Richmond was just mm. absolutely – Fantastic! Uh, the game against Hawthorne was like champagne footy from start to finish, and and the game against the Gold Coast Suns was was pretty systematic because I thought after and again that was another game where they sort of reigned control after half time. Mm. Um, so I look, there is good. Uh, I think I, I like to I'd like to think that Max King had a, had a terrific year. Yeah. F- Fifty two yeah. goals was obviously so, the inaccuracy was a sticking point. Throughout the season. Could have won the Coleman if he kicked straight. He could have. I think he had plenty of games where he made up for it. You talk about the Richmond game, four goals in the last quarter. He obviously <sighs> won the game with his own boot, really, in that one. And he had a couple of those performances throughout the year. Um, but he was still inconsistent. I'd say the rise of the young guys, too, was a real positive for me mm. out of this season. We saw Marcus Windhager become the a midfield revelation, not only getting touches, but being the tagger as well that... Held some really big names out of games. Ha- Haggle, Haggle Hager, they call him. Haggle Hager. <laughs> they, uh, he's always on. Yeah, he was a good cat. And he's going to, we'll see him next year, I think, as more of a ball winner. Yeah. And that's what's exciting about him. And I remember on the draft preview, yeah, Doc, I right. said to you that um, 
You, you, you had him pretty highly. Yeah, I said if the, uh, I thought the dogs might take him there, and um, the Saints have done really well with that pick. So, yeah, he's been a good player, and I, I think yeah. Besides, I think another positive, even though in the back half here they did lose some games, as you said, they bled some good kids through. Um, mm. I think that Wanganine well, Miller yeah. as well. Yeah, I was going to say I thought the other I one thought, that really looked good this year. Statistically speaking, Wanganine Miller didn't. Do a lot, like wasn't wasn't a standout, doesn't jump out of the page. But I think the fact that he's getting games and he's looking comfortable at the level, I think, speaks a lot about where he where he'll head in in the near future. Jack Hayes as well is a guy. Boys, obviously, only played the the one game, but he he looked like he was going to be he is going to be good. I think next year, I think he'll be playing a fair bit of footy, supporting Marshall with Paddy Ryder. Also, probably announcing his retirement, mm. probably due to thinking Hayes will be. I think he will be the second string across this year. The other option is yeah. bloody Tom Campbell, so I it's don't n- think that's n- going to happen. It's, it's not, not going to be Tom it's Campbell. Not Tom <laughs> Campbell. <laughs> it's certainly not going to be Tom Campbell. I'd rather the ladybug as the second, <laughs> second row. The return of Ben Payton, too, was yeah. really, really good. Added that little bit of an extra layer to their back line. And as well, a guy who's copped a lot as a whipping boy across his time in the AFL dock. The sort of redemption of Mason Wood yeah. this How year as well, I think is something that I would highlight. <laughs> He's, Wood he, and Brad Crouch, I thought, both redeemed themselves pretty well this year. Yeah, no. Well, we talked about Brad Crouch a little bit last year, Miller, about yeah, you know, whether or not whether he he's ready to stand up and stick it to stick it in the AFL world. But he he he, resp- he responded really well this year. I thought definitely his best year, especially when Steele was out dock as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I I thought as well the fact that Dougal Howard was still able to try and make something work out of out of a pretty hairy situation in that second half of the year. I thought he was, mm. I thought he played all right. Cal Wilkie as well, made the Australian forty man squad and Yeah, he's fantastic this year. One of the the best lockdown defender in the competition. Interesting is like you said with Woodcat that Ratton really did get the best out of him. I mean we we'd That's seen flashes did. at North Melbourne of mm. what you know Mason could produce. Then on the wing he's got the tank and you know there was a game mm. where he kicked four goals. I think it was against was it against Carlton, I believe, or Melbourne. One I'll of the two stats up for you. He was uh, outstanding. But that's a he good kicked four against Brisbane actually it was. Brisbane, sorry, yeah. So I think that he got really the best out of him and he had a good season. So yeah. he's definitely positive. He's back end of the year. He had six games straight where he hit the scoreboard and was averaging nearly 20 touches in all of those games. He, he really he finished good on the, the season well. He looked good. Absolutely. And we, we, we've we've talked about what, what Mason Wood brings or lack thereof uh, at that North team over the last couple of years. And especially at the St Kilda team last year, he sort of went sort of face down with the exception of probably maybe one game. Mm. He played nine games last year. Yeah, well, didn't do much for the rest of them. Oh, I mean, he, he kicked three goals against North, and that was it. Revenge game, and that's it. I think that they've definitely got the best out of him on the wing. I think we've all there's always been a bit of sort of talk about where he's best. You know, he played a couple of games behind the ball at North, and it didn't really work, but he was mainly a, a half forward. But he sort of looked a little bit lost at times, but he looks really good down the wing. So that's a great shout, Kat. I like that. Yeah, absolutely. Of course, Jack Sinclair, the other one who found his Jackson. way into the All-Australian team. One of the ones who really rose massively this year. It's not an exaggeration to say that he is the best halfback flanker in the league at the moment. Oh, oh, when you're named in the All-Australian team, yeah. you've got to be. I'd say after this year, yeah. He yeah. was probably the best halfback flanker yeah, this year. Yeah, I'd say he's a sniff. But I'd say there's probably a few others who'd probably rival him. Mm. Bailey Dale, I know, is definitely one of them. <laughs> Not yes. uh, not Adam Saad. Daniel Rich. Rowan Marshall, yes, yeah, Marshall as well as a positive. I think that he improved. Yeah, um, for sure. On he, a level. he had a lot of a lot on his shoulders this year, Marshall. Obviously mm. Ryder didn't play uh, a full season and like we said, um old mate 
Hazy was injured at <laughs> the round one. And, and their draft selections, I suppose, as well. We talked about Winhagia, but um, I think Owens is going to be a guy that we, we all like Yeah, here. saw a bit from Mitch Owens. Got a bit of grub about him. Yeah, no. And, he, and that's something the Saints haven't had in a long time, Doc. There's not there's not a lot of players there that have that aggression. They traded away probably their most aggressive player in Ben Long. That's, yeah. That, that's, well, that, that's probably a, a big negative. But I think the... the I think you mentioned earlier the kids. I think Cooper Sharman as well, where he plays. I thought he, he played a few games in, in the back mm. half towards the end of the year. I like him there. And, and I, thought he, I thought he was starting to really adjust. My only issue with him is that he's very similar to Josh Battle. Yeah. They're not, they're, very, they're not big enough to be key. They're both sort of third tolls. And with Wilkie already as well, a bit undersized height-wise, I just think, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah. I love – I like – Charmin though behind the ball. With, with with battle, do you see him going back playing forward? I'd prefer him to play forward. I think he's the se- he's the second marking target they need to support mm. King. Because it's I think an interesting one with Cordy coming in as well. I don't know if he plays is in their best back line. I don't think he is. It'd be nice for Sandy though. <laughs> he would. It would give someone like <laughs> yes, it would, would give someone like Highmore an opportunity yeah. as well if Battle moved forward. You love him, don't yeah. you? We do. We do love Tommy Highmore, and he got little to no opportunity. He played three games. You know when they were struggling so hard with Dougal Howard. Out. I don't know how this they guy Joyce in. didn't get a <laughs> run ahead of Her? bloody Dara Joyce, who got delisted. Yeah, it's a strange one. Yeah, I, I think that, well, yeah, I, I think on that view that you said, dog, I'd like to see Battle go forward because I think Membry's better up the ground and they need another marking target to bring King into it. I don't know what you guys think about that. I don't mind it. I think yeah, it's a... Well, the, the, that's the thing with St Kilda. They played Membry a lot more further up the field and this he year. good. I mean, he looked good, but it robbed St Kilda of forward options. Of course. And that and that was probably one of the bigger things that really pissed me off about this team this year. If King didn't mark it, no one was kept. No. 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 That, that, that's, probably, that's probably where I see their flaw. That's why I think, yeah, battle. Because I think, I agree, Sharman's better behind the ball. He's not as big body, so he'd be good as an intercept. Max goal. King had double the contested marks of anyone else on the team. Yeah, well. Yeah, well, he's the only one there. <laughs> not even close. Who can pluck a grab out up there. Well, not even close. That's all that worked. What didn't work, I suppose, is the other side of the coin. Kat, you, you talked about the back half of the year, but what went wrong from that, you know, if the you break it down? Bassett. <laughs> start, start with that. Wake the, it, break it down a bit further. The back line without Dougal Howard got very, very exposed. He missed five games across the year, and in every single one of them, I reckon the back line they fell apart immediately. Uh, even with Wilkie still in there directing traffic, it was clear that he was the one that was holding them all together. I think it threw off the balance a fair bit with them. We know that uh, a lot of those Saints guys aren't really one-on-one type defenders. Wilkie does it. He can go one-on-one, I mm. think, but Howard likes to float off um, the younger guys like Highmore like to float off to Sinclair's not normally accountable for a man, nor is Brad Hill, who was playing on halfback for a lot of the year. He's only accountable for his keys and wallet, I think, to get home. It's basically <laughs> just Ben Payton uh, take on down there. Um, Jimmy Webster. Yeah, Webster, of. I think he gets on his man. But yeah, uh, I think it was a similar sort of issue to the dogs backline <laughs> at its worst, where there weren't too many accountable. So every, so every week. Yes, there weren't too many accountable for their actual man. And without Howard in there, that structure just got exposed even worse. Yep. Which I, I think, which means that, look, bringing in Cordy makes a little bit more sense because there's Unless not... Unless he will actually defend. No. Well... Whether he'll do it well or not is a different question. Yeah, well, it's all depending on what St Kilda system is going to be next year. Um, <laughs> thank if Bevo if Bevo's coaching there next year, um, nothing's going to go right. I also uh, think the midfield balance without Steele too was a huge, huge issue. We what? know that 
He's the star of the team, Doc. My, my, my problem with St Kilda Cat is it's too reliant on on these sort of players. Yeah, you know you've got how when Howard's out of the back line, when Steele's out of the midfield, when King's not performing, it just all falls apart. Yeah, right. it's King, Marshall, uh, Sinclair, Wilkie, Brad Hill. <laughs> That's generous, probably to Brad Hill. Oh, sorry, not Brad Hill. Oh, my, uh, Brad Crouch. Sorry, Bra- Brad Crouch, and that's it. I think and, and Barge. It's yeah. probably that middle bracket of players because mm. they do have some good young players coming through, who we've spoken about. But Seb Ross has he hit his limit? Is he going to get yes. any better than? Uh, no, I he's agree. not. No, he's not. He's not going to get any better. So he's the type of guy that they probably should have been looking to move on three years ago. Well, yes. Well, I mean, they did try with Essendon when we had the interest in him, but nothing happened there. <laughs> then they realised no. Also, I thought the lack of respect for Hunter Clark during the uh, the trade period was was pretty was pretty poor. Just shopping him around, shopping around, like, hey, hey, North, can we have a pick three for Hunter Clark and pick nine? That was another big issue of this year, boys. The Hunter Clark getting injured. Well, I think some a lot of the injuries I think were to guys that yeah. really needed to develop across this year. Hunter Clark was one of them. Caulfield's a big one, Kat. You're very high on. Yeah, I really like Caulfield. I'm, I'm a big fan. Yeah, he's. Adds a bit of composure to that back line, which I think about the game they played against Frio at Marvel Stadium mm. when they could not get a clean possession out of the back line to save their lives. I reckon every rebound 50 they had ended yep. up as an intercept back to Frio. And I that was that was their back line at its worst. I think as well, Zach, I think as well Zach Jones missing half the year through um, mental health. That, yeah. that's an, that, that was another big out. and He's important, I think. I mean, sometimes he does turn the ball out, but he has a dip. You, talk, you talk about the um, the middle layer of players, Miller. The mm. guys after Steele and King and Membry and, and Barge. You know, Zach, Zach Jones is right there. I think he's the, the heart of that team. I think he's the best one of the middle bracket. Yeah, he, he, he's probably the most important out of that middle layer of, yeah. of, of players. He, he will make mistakes, but I tell you what, he'll make it up for an effort, you know, the next second he gets the opportunity to. Like... I, I, I see Zach Jones most weeks when and and you see and it's pretty evident that he busts his ass always work, working for the ball or working off the ball up by to, fifty down by fifty doc that that's it that type of player yeah I agree and I I think as well you know some things that didn't go right you talked about the trade period both of you I, Ben Long's a loss I think not getting enough back for a return from him and Hunter Clark being shopped around I worry about where he's going to be at but mm. obviously the big one is um you know the coach sacking. Um, it's, it's strange given, as you said, you know, extension in July. And what do you think's gone wrong, Cat, in terms of why that's happened? Is yeah. it has it been? Do you think if it was the other way around, where if the season had started shit and then finished well. finished well, mm. well, the thing we probably wouldn't have gotten extended in June then at that point. No, yeah. but he might, might have been sacked mid-season. Rats. The, True. The the thing Actually, is, yeah, no escape. The thing yeah. is, though, we <laughs> refer back to 2020 when Ratten took over full time as, as the coach, and they and they got to the second week of finals. But since then, it's been 10 and 12. It was 10 and 12 last year, and 11 11 this year. So they've just been they, the playing group. Look, we can talk about the injuries and all that, but the playing group in general has just been stuck in neutral. Like, well, who <laughs> out of the look? We know Max King's going to be a star. But who out of that middle line is really, is really is really getting better? I think, I think Higgins has been good this year. Butler had a decent year without uh, being he's great. He's gone backwards up from last yeah. year. He, ne- he, hasn't, he no, still well, hasn't reached his 2020 level. He, he went nowhere last year. Sorry, I, I, 2020. I think, I, I, think this year was, I think this year was a very good improvement in, in he's comparison gone, to last He's year. gone up and down and slightly mm. up. Pa- Peyton's come back in the team, as you said, Cat, and, he, and, that, he's, uh, and he's looked good. And I thought, who, who was it? I think it was Burns or 
or um, Bytel, one of the two. Burns looked good when he played, but he didn't get enough opportunity either. Yeah. And and Bartel is injured a lot of the year, but he was performing well for Sandy. So he signed a one-year extension. So if he gets some games next year, I think, yeah, I think it's summed up perfectly, Doc, when you say, look at 2020 and look at this year and tell me who the players that are still there, who's gotten better. Mm. I think it's as simple as that. And it comes back to not even 11-11 this year, you know, three and eight after the bye. Yeah, you're not going to no you're good. not playing finals with that. So it's rotten. Um, they've got some work to do. I think forward of the ball cat as well. Goal accuracy is something they've struggled with. Not sure. Yep. It's not just King. It's opportunities. Like lots of these games here: four eight, um, ten ten, seven fourteen, mm. um, ten fifteen, nine twelve. You're not kicking eight fourteen. Yep. Uh, sorry, four eighteen. You're not winning games from doing um, that crap. That's absolutely dog ten seventeen. So they're getting the opportunities, but you got to convert. And that's a si- simple equation to Monday football. I remember watching them against the Bulldogs uh, at Marvel late in the yep. year. Yep. Um, and they had so many times in that game where they were just launching inside 50 to absolutely no structure. That's one of the 7-14 games. Can't see end, up, end up with a point, bounce it back, get the intercept, but once again, get it inside 50 and do nothing with it. As I watched that first half, and that was just some of the most diabolically putrid <laughs> football I've ever seen. From secure, it, it, it would almost have been worse than the game that they played last year. Yeah, against I agree. the dogs, where they lost by a hundred. I think it's weird. They early half of the season they won a lot of games off the back of really good, strong quarters, like individual quarters. Yeah. But then it seemed as the year went on, they couldn't. They couldn't string it together. They couldn't settle and bounce back in games no. once they got off to Very a cool. start. Yeah. They couldn't. There was no change in game plan, which I guess is partially a Ratten issue. Yeah, I agree. Couldn't, what? couldn't get them mm. turning around. Poor starts in the second half. That's right. Of the year. I couldn't see what was Plan B. There wasn't really one. No, no. So it's lose by fifty. So, <laughs> so raises the next question: Is Ross Lyon the man? Because no. he, he's been heavily, he's been no, heavily no, linked no, since. No, no, well, no. part of part of what I think has caused this rat and sudden rat and sacking is that they've already got their coach lined up. They know who they want. I don't know if it's Ross or if it's someone else. But Sounds like it is Ross. Behind, it, it it feels like at this point it, it's going to be Ross. Behind closed doors, they've already done the deal. I imagine, otherwise you sure. wouldn't be yeah, shoving out the guy who's just signed a two-year extension. Yep. It, it stinks a lot, like when Mark Harvey was sacked as Frio. Yeah, as, as Frio coach. undermined him. Which funny you why, say why, that, Doc? Why can't he? <laughs> funny you say that, Doc. Who no. came in after him? Oh, jeez, uh, Ross the boss. Someone with the initials RL. R, R- Lion. R Lion. No, that's too obvious. <laughs> Ross L. Ross L. <laughs> I, so I, I, history repeats. It really does. It just I, goes in circles. Yeah, I think is there's a couple of things I don't really get with Lion. I think he's been out of the game for a long time. Mm. Um, you know, 2017 was it, or 18 was his last year? 19, I think it was. 19. He got 19. he got he got sacked at the end of 19. Okay, so. I think as well, a lot's changed in that period. And I think comparing his original days at St Kilda to Frio, he was obviously much more successful at St Kilda. But the, those were over 10 years ago. It's interesting when, because... When, he, when he took, sorry, Kat. When he took over at St Kilda in, uh, I think it was the start of 2007, like the Saints had underperformed significantly under mm. Grant Thomas. And, and there, was, yeah. there, was a lot of, there was a lot of talent there. And I think Ross got... Really good years out of it. I, I, it still staggers me that they didn't win a flag in that period. Yeah, that's what I mean. Why he got he's gotten both of the teams that he's coached it to grand finals. But the problem the problem is I don't know. But look at those teams like, now. Like mm, when right. it, like even like I still I, I maintain when he took over at Freo. Uh, at, I think at the end of two thousand eleven they they sat they had a really good 
list around them. They made finals previous year. I think injuries killed them in 2011. Yeah, which, they were cool. Which they, which I think they saw as grounds to sack Mark Harvey anyway. <laughs> but I think hey, I, I, I look at this St Kilda list and I don't know where that middle bracket and where the bottom six who's going to stand up for them. I don't mm. know. Yeah, I just think the game's changed a lot. We've gone away from coaches like Mick Malthouse and Clarko and. Um, the old school. Well, North Melbourne, hasn't it? Well, yeah, if he's even there. <laughs> well, um, <laughs> So, I don't know. And I think as well, what I would say on Ross, yes, he got best out of the players pre that, but when he left, what type of state did he leave those teams in? Like, St Kilda's almost back where they were when he left. Well, there was, mm. an, well, there was the argument that when Scott Waters came in as, as the replacement, he made the environment even worse. Well, he was just... Sold into a bloody hellhole, that guy. Yeah. But I think Scott Waters. And then Frio. I mean, it's taken them a long time to get even back to any sort of final final contention with Longmuir. So, I don't know. I think it would be a mistake bringing him in. Because especially what really pissed me off about the whole thing is they're saying, we're looking for new ideas and a new sort of innovation style. So, so let's bring someone. That was here too. So yeah, 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 I, don't, I don't get it. I seriously don't get it. But I suppose we should give a rating out of 10 boys for the Saints year as a whole. Cat, you're going to have to kick us off, unfortunately. Oh, um, you have to give... You can't give negative numbers, so you have to... <laughs> can't give, yeah, negative 20? No. <laughs> um, given how they started... It's got to be a, a, an abject failure to miss finals. It's a four, I think, for me. Yep. We talked, like we said, we talked about the good, but most of the good was individual player performances and guys coming back from injury and not too much of guys actually developing or improving. The guys that we said that did develop and improve were all past that 26 bracket, mostly. Yep. Um, you want to see that improvement from your youngsters, which while there were a few in there, um, it's not what is going to lead the team out of the middle table yeah. coming into the next few seasons. Very so fair. I think I would give them a four overall. Doc? I'm going to give them a three because with you, I'm with you, Kat. I think you look at their, their finish, finish the season on even, even ledger at 11-11, eight and three, start the year three and eight, end of the year. I just can't give them uh, any more of a rating. Other, like Their off-season so far has just been a downright disgrace. That's, yeah, no, that's fair enough. I'm with that. I'm three. I think given how good the start of the season was to three and eight, you're just not going to play finals. And the unrealistic unrealistic expectations on this list as well, I think, given how much improvement we've seen over two years. It sort of reminds me a bit, Cat, of when Essendon made that finals last year mm. and then this year what they was expected and then obviously the extremely tough run at the start and what happened reminds me of when the Saints made the finals the year prior and then they had a terrible year the following year fell apart so going up and down I think that yeah where the, I've given them three and I think the off season as you said Doc shit is an understatement I mean you've sacked the coach you brought in one player and I sort of just don't really know what like is this team trying just to make seventh or eighth are they trying to just finish ninth or tenth I, I can't tell if they're not in full tank mode but they're not committed to a flag so I don't really know where they're at yeah I, I don't know where they're at either so three for me crap they've got great they've got they've got great top line players but everyone below that is just sort of either underperforming or they're not there yeah that's right uh, this off season is going to be a lot about finding direction for St Kilda. Um, and I think that's what they need to do first and foremost. Assess the list brutally. Yeah. Say, do we think this is a list that can take us to a grand final? Well, if it isn't, need to start making changes. Well, I don't think any of us here would say it is. I don't. No. I don't think so. I think like they've got the top end talent is there. It absolutely is there. But 
how they go down across the list from there is but then not comparable yeah. to the other teams in who's knocking on the door for selection That's every right. week for St Kilda. There's not many. There's not there's not a competitive list. No. no. They had this season obviously injuries aside, they had I'll do a quick count here. I think it's about 16 players who played 17 games or more. So there's not a lot of movement happening in the lineup, and especially for many times, Ratten as well. Cat saying he's going to make big changes. It didn't happen. The guys that got dropped came back in the next week. Next week. Usually, yeah. Well, maybe on that merit, he probably did deserve to get sacked because <laughs> he because ne- he never followed through on it. No, nah, we saw guys like we talked about Highmore who never got a chance, even though it was nearly best on half their games in the Zebras. He'd barely played Bartell as well, Kat. throughout the year. He averaged twenty five and five tackles for most of the year at Sandy. He didn't get a lock in, a look in. He was injured a little bit, but he was fit mm. for at least half the games. Yeah, I think next year St Kilda have to strip back a little bit because Max King will still be in the next Premiership window. I think Jack Steele can still be in that Premiership window. Not sure about guys like Membry or Sinclair who have been in the system for a while. Maybe they can be in the next five years. But I, I just think it's... I don't know if this team can win a flag in five years' time, though. I think maybe not. But at, by then, they should be at least contending. Oh, hopefully. At this point, I just want to see more games into guys like Windhager, Wanganin, Malera, mm. whoever they take with their pick uh, this year. So what pick do they have this year? They've, got, it... they've got nine. Yeah. Uh, Mitch Owens, I need to see more of uh, next year because I thought when he played in the back end of the year, yeah, keep him in. He looked, he looked likely. They have to nail that pick, given how dreadful the trade period was. They mm. really have to pick up the perfect player. So, what is the perfect player for them right now? What, what do they need? Well, if they're not going to move battle, they need another key forward, which apparently they didn't bother to target in the off season. So, <laughs> if Cooper Sharman's a defender now, <laughs> a young midfielder cat is possibly something. Zane Cordy was a uh, Premiership centre half forward. I think looking at their depth in the midfield, I think they've got the young guys. It's enough, whether they kick on, yeah, Burns, Bytel, Windhager. Now with Hanbury out as well, surely some opportunity's got to be there. Yeah, them. you'd have to say so. Nine twenty-eight thirty-two. And 47 to what they've got. And a couple of defenders as well. Well, obviously Cordy's come in. And wingmen. They don't have any wingmen. I don't know who they're... It's Wang, Wang Wood. Wood who will be in there. Wang and Malera yeah. will probably... Will you reckon he'll get more wing this year? Hopefully, yeah. He should be playing wing. Because I, I cannot see anywhere else where he could play. I think they wouldn't mind a medium lockdown sort of defender because... Well, well, they've, got Pat- Payton. well they've got Payton. Well, I think Payton was good actually as a rebounder this year at times. Yeah. Yeah. He did well in the role. They need another key target. Yeah, I, I think I'm with you. I think and a medium forward as well, Doc. They don't have like a Jamie Elliott sort of size or, you know, Isaac Heaney, six foot one sort of, Well, it, you know. Here's the thing, Mill. If they're, if they're serious about, I don't even know if they need another key defender, but I think if they if they want to commit to playing battle more as a forward, then they probably need, and maybe they even just need, maybe not even bustling up. Maybe they, maybe they just need the best available talent. Maybe they need maybe, another, yeah, ma- maybe so. another midfielder. I don't know. I sort of understand with the depth, but I think it's just replacing it with quality. Yeah, is what you need. strength in depth, not yeah. You want quality, you not just want, players who are there who are there for two years and then get yeah. interested. Yeah, yeah. I think I'll be interested to see sort of how they stack up. You know, and they need a couple of tough players in. I mean, there's talk about Mitch Wallace, but again, he's not really in the age bracket that Saints are. No. I Love think you. also in the past few years, the Saints have not really, aside from Hayes, which was a great pickup, their sort of mid-season no. and supplementary and delisted picks haven't really 
Leanit came in and played 11 games this year, and now he's gone. I thought he was pretty stiff, actually, to get delisted. Yeah. The lentil. A no, few, few, few Saints fans are, that I know uh, couldn't couldn't be any couldn't be any happier to see the back end of him. Well, you Tom see the Campbell. back end of him in the front face of Zane Cordy. Yeah. <laughs> Tom Campbell's done basically and nothing. Ra- they'd rather Zane Cordy over him. No, they wouldn't. No, I'm I'm serious. Oh. Uh, and and they're about to find out in 12 months just exactly well, why Campbell. I couldn't be couldn't be any more excited to pack his damn bags. <laughs> Campbell got a new deal, didn't he? I, yeah, somehow. So yeah, somehow. Max uh, Heath is still plugging away. Lewis Pierce still around. Doing <laughs> well, maybe. Who knows? You dig around enough in that Saints list and you might. Oh, uh, Jason Holmes. Some. No, Hello. J- Jason Gwilt. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Gwilt. Gwilty. Ross Lyon will probably bring back Zach Dawson. Well, then, to sum it up, boys, in 2023, what is the goals? I, I think that they need to find a clear game plan. I still don't know what their best footy is. I think given the speed that they have, particularly at the back half, they should play some run-and-gun footy. Jack Sinclair that looks best off there. Mm. Bumper Clark, um, one of Cat's favourites. You know, keep him fit, get him involved. Caulfield back will be good. They've got good speed out the back half. Brad Hill, you know, is the... Speed king. Um, Not the kicking so, king. But. So, kicking to the opposition king. Uh, so, if they can, I think, get the running game going a bit more, which mm. I don't know if Ross is the coach for that, which is interesting. No, it's definitely not his game um, style. I worry that if he comes in as well, Cat, and they go to the defensive, it's not going to benefit a, a Saints backline, though, I don't think would play that well. No, they no. haven't stood up under pressure when they've needed to this and it, year. And well, just work on their goal kicking. I think they get enough opportunities, they should be able to beat teams, but... Yeah, well, I th- I think in terms of how they play, I think Ratton had it sorted in terms of well, be, be, no, in terms. No, no, look, it just didn't work. <laughs> they, they just they just don't have they just don't have the polished performers yet. Yeah. Well, and do you have to change that then? I think they need they need to find a direct like you said they need to find a direction. I think they need to. I, sort don't, of, I don't I don't know what 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 in terms of culture wise. But what where like. are they going, Doc? Is it like are they trying like are they just want to finish eighth? Is that what? They're targeting because they're not going to make top four. Well, no, no one, no one wants to finish eight. They're not going to make six. Mm. They're going to be lucky to make the eight. I think the first half of the season shows they can do it. They can be a team that can That's contend, awesome. but whether yeah, well, so I said at the start of whether this. they can do it long term and consistently. Yeah, consistency is a key. If for this they Saints believe they can't do it consistently, then shuffle at the bottom order, get some more talent. So if we draft come, picks in. yeah, twelve months time, cat, and this team's tenth to twelfth. They, they have to start. They have to blow it up. I think Steele yeah. and some of those players would have to be moved on. I don't think you move Steele. No, I, 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 skipper. I think. Well, I, I think you move. Sebra's okay, go. Steele and Crouch would stay, but everyone else would be free. For I th- trade. Uh, look, you're probably not going to move Crouch on his contract. I'd say you'd move Membry. You'd move Webster. Move Ross. Move Ross. Yeah, but uh, what are they going to? They'll be worth a half a bag of peanuts next year, except it's <laughs> compared to a full bag this year. I know it's like like with O'Meara and Mitchell. Move, like we move said, Brad Hill. Yeah, but at Hawthorne should have been moved a year, dumb. two years ago. At least ago. they're done. Like, yeah. and the Hawks have committing. They've committed sort of to a rebuild this season that we saw. They definitely have. Yeah. <laughs> what are the same? I just don't know what. They're committed to, but mm. like aside I think you give them a year to see how they go under a new coach. <laughs> oh. You give them that year, if it if that rejuvenates them, they have a Collingwood style. Yeah, you I know, mean, anything's possible now. We might not have said last year that Collingwood's list was going to bounce no, back the way it, yeah. it would. I said that some players would be better, but yes, <laughs> nobody, so no, nobody had them predicting. No one had them top. You four. give them a year to see what happens under the new coach. If it's clear that it's still not promising, then you got to go aggressive. Ladder prediction on next year as well, boys. Where you see them finishing? Not in the top eight. I think they still finish around that middle bracket. I say twelfth. Yeah, I think I think around ten, ten to twelve. I think they can make the top eight, lower end at best, seventh to lower sort end. of so eight, seventh to tenth sort seventh. of range. You I think, think this finish. Like, 
Nah. Think about it. Uh, I, I think they can. So I, I can't. Let me put it like this, Cat. Carlton have to get in this eight, all right? <laughs> yes, they do. And I think Port will probably be a, a large... Gold Coast in the mix. Sniff and Gold Coast. I'd say all three of those teams are better than St Kilda. Yeah, look, probably. So even if they, even if those three teams don't make the eight... I mean, they'll, pro- they'll inevitably end up finishing 10th, I think, for mine. Oh, God, that's generous. <laughs> I say 12th. Yeah, look, I'll say between 10 and 12. They've got some, doors. but it, as you said, if everything goes right, if they get a new coach and it invigorates the group, it it, it it's going to subject a change because the preseason is going to be big. Yeah, yeah. and they got to and they got to be healthy. They have to be healthy. We shall see, I suppose. Yep. Well, I think that's going to do us for the first season review of the AFL 2022 season. Wrapped off St Kilda there. Make sure you stick around. We're going to be touching on all 18 teams, so make sure you have a listen to your team when we get around to it. We'll be tackling Brisbane next. Oh, yes. So stay tuned for that one, and then we'll keep rolling on from there. Make sure you follow us across all our socials so you know when the season reviews are out. A3 Footy Podcast, Facebook and Instagram, at A3 Footy on Twitter, and we have our email, a3footy at gmail.com. Also make sure you give this week's AFLW episode a listen before the round begins. Gins, huge action in round nine. Just two rounds left to go in the season. With all that said, I've been Alex Catalano. I've been a Ross Lyon. <laughs> and I've not been Ross Lyon. <laughs> and I've been Brett Ratton. Oh, I'm getting sacked, getting <laughs> sacked out of the studio. I've been Andrew Bassett. <laughs> Get out of here, rats. <laughs> Thank you for listening. <laughs>